0: Talent, the podcast that tackles the top challenges in today's small business-focused talent market. I'm your host, Brent Scott, founder and CEO of Found Consulting, a growth-centered people operations and recruiting consultancy. We're here to give actionable advice to business leaders and aspiring business leaders, both on a personal and an organizational scale. Today, I'm talking with Lauren Aquilino, about the future of freelancing and fractional work. And who better to talk with us than her? Lauren is a co-founder of the Emmy Collective, which is a network of marketing and revenue operations professional that's available for hire in either a freelance or fractional sort of model. Before Emmy, Lauren came from a big background in marketing operations, both on the client and the agency sides, and still today helps companies use technology to create campaigns that are going to have a lasting impact on their bi- bottom line. Just now, she's doing it a little bit differently. So Lauren, thanks so much for being here. I I want to start off by saying that uh, I'm a really big fan of you and your uh, honest and hot takes on LinkedIn, uh, whether it's Hot Martech gossip, whether it's the blows <laughs> of parenting. Uh, needless to say, really, really looking to forward to our conversation. Um, so first things first, I I want to know more about your career journey and and what led you to Emmy Collective because you had you had this career as a full time employee, uh, both in house as well as agency side um and and again very kind of traditional career path up until Emmy so what what the heck happened
1: <laughs> all good things uh but what the heck happened is like such a good question probably that you know you could ask any of your guests <laughs> like man <laughs> About anything, I really like that. Maybe a whole podcast called "What the Heck Happened"? We (laughs) should do. Um, So, yeah, you're right. I traditionally I started uh, my marketing. So, I love hearing background, especially of marketing technologists. Like, where what was your degree in, or where did you start? So, my degree is in uh, international politics, as you would. Mm -hmm. um, But I graduated with a marketing uh, minor, and I graduated in um, 2008 which was a terrible time to be graduating college. Um, So fate had it out for me though, that I would start as a marketing intern at a software company. Uh, And really it was at the time that marketing technology was taking off. And so, you know, it's kind of the typical, like, let's have the intern try to set up Google AdWords or like (laughs) she can maybe figure this out, you know, like nobody else, everyone else had their full-time job. I like to say that I was marketing automation before like that platform came out because mm-hmm. I was the one like cleaning the lists and uploading lists and being a data yeah. management intern. Um, but I was at that first company for six years. So, uh, and during that time we purchased Marketo implemented it. Um, and really I grew a lot in my career, super young and really grew to love the technology side of things. So while I kind of started, um, full-time as like more of a demand generation campaign marketer um, really fell in love with technology fell in love with Marketo and wanted to grow my career in that way a little bit more um, than I had the potential at that specific company so I saw there was an opening at GE and I'm in Cleveland Ohio um, it was a really great opportunity uh, to go to GE's actual like first office it was at, at GE Lighting um, mm-hmm. The campus was amazing. It was super old and historical. Uh, I learned a lot from being at a huge, huge company.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but needless to say, I was there for about two and a half years before um, I was like, man, you know, like I I have been promoted a couple of times. And I was like, I really just like don't want to be a manager. Yeah. Um. And I think there's a time where everybody kind of has to come to that realization. If you want to grow in your career, like Do you stay with the individual contributor? Do you become a manager? Um, You, of course, always want to make more money um, and you may want to grow. But I just I had two kids at the time and I was like, I have my own team at home that I need to take care of. I can't probably take care of this team. Um, So I went into consulting. And the reason that it was really um, alluring to me is that the agency I was working through Um, it was on contract, Mm -hmm. so I was technically a freelancer, I guess. Um, I did have maybe like one or two engagements on my own, but primarily I was subcontracting through an agency. Mm -hmm. So I was there, uh, this was a primarily a Marketo agency. We did do some Salesforce work as well. Um, and I was there for a long time and I loved it. I loved the team. I loved consulting. Um, but great for this company, they ended up like growing wildly and really it made sense for them to lean more heavily on employees than on contractors or freelancers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when the time came for that, it was like in the middle of COVID, I had three kids at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, there was this whole thing about like, when the kids go back to school, is it going to be hybrid? Is it going to be remote? I mean, my kids were in second grade and kindergarten and then I had a baby and I was like, this is not going to work. Like I cannot yeah. be an employee where you have the typical like a- expectation for billable hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- three kids with three totally different schedules, two of which were going to be like, I don't know. I was going to have to help them like click through their you know tasks. So, um, so I actually ended up leaving to homeschool my kids that year. So that was fun. I do not regret it. We had a blast. We uh, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. We moved everyone to Florida for six weeks in the winter. And um, our curriculum was like based on around the world. And I would take them to Epcot and like study Germany for the day and then study (laughs) Japan. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a really, really fun time. Um, But during that time, I had um, an old colleague come to me and say, hey, like I need a little bit of help mm-hmm. uh, with marketing operations, it's Pardot. Uh, I know you've never really um, done that before, but I trust you and you can figure it out. And I was like, Ooh. I mean, it would be nice to kind of like get back to work and um, you know work with adults again. And, <laughs> and um, I love my job. So I was yeah. excited to get back to do that. But pretty quickly, like that job itself outgrew my boundaries Mm -hmm. and so while we started at kind of like 10 hours a week it quickly was like 20 and 25 and I was like I cannot keep this up I want to keep working with you but like do you mind if I subcontract some of this work to Mm.
0: um,
1: a friend of mine that I know and trust and they were like "Mm, yeah sure whatever we trust you and that really was like the tiny baby seed, <laughs> um, of Emmy.
0: <laughs> so,
1: um, quickly after that, we got a second client and it was just me and this other person again. Um, and this was my, you know, my primary job, she was moonlighting and then, uh, we had a need for some Salesforce work. So I, Uh, of course I contacted the person that I knew that was the best Salesforce administrator. And I said, um, Nikki, like, will you, would you be interested in like five hours a week of this work? And she was like, yes, I'm going to quit my job. And I was like, what? (laughs) You cannot, you cannot, what do you mean quit your job? Nope. Stay there. Like I was not ready to like be responsible for someone's like, you know, livelihood at that Uh point. And she was like, no, really, I'm going to quit my job. She has a side gig as, um, She has like a homemade beauty line that she produces out of olive oil. It's wonderful product. Mm. And she really wanted to focus more of her time there. And so she was like, okay, like, even though it's not a ton of hours, it's going to be enough for me to support my lifestyle and I'll get to do, um, you know, one of my other passions as well. Mm. So I was like, all right, but if this goes bad, then it's not my
0: fault. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah um so that was the itty bitty start of emmy um and we grew a bit quickly after that so um you know we say you said like what the heck happened and <laughs> i asked myself that all the time like how did i get here yeah. but really it was just a matter of like following the opportunity that was ahead of me mm-hmm. and saying yes when it made sense and saying no when it didn't align with what i wanted to do so um yeah At that point, you know, it was a handful of us just working on a couple of clients, but um, Sydney, um, who's now a business partner and co-founder of Emmy Collective, she um, actually worked at a competing agency uh, than I Mm. did, like, during our heyday, and she was laid off um, while she was on maternity leave from from her company, and so I saw this as a little bit of another open door, like, hey... Mm. Would you want to form an alliance with me? Like, because I knew that she was an amazing practitioner. We had a lot in common. We really didn't know each other at all. Like we, I don't even think we had ever met, really? to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, we had never met. This was just like a little over a year ago. Um, wow. but we do love each other. The Mercado community is very small. Um, and so I just said, hey, you know what? If she doesn't want to do this, then we'll stay small. But if she does, we'll just see what this could turn into. So I somehow convinced her to like start a formal company with someone she barely knew. But hey, things are going (laughs) great, (laughs) and we get along great. Like that also was, you know, a plus. So
0: dang, dang. So So that's that. that. So now we're here. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. (laughs) And now we're here. How do you go about finding the talent for? I mean, collective then is it, is it all just like this, this random chance like Sydney or, uh, how so, it you're finding yeah. People? So,
1: um, I know that part of the reason, you know, that, that we're here to, to discuss freelancers, mm-hmm. um, freelancers are our primary consultants. Yeah. Um, and honestly it has just so far been, um, an outgrowth of the network that we've built, Mm-hmm. over the past 10 plus years being in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time that we've thought of um, a project and like, oh, who have we worked for it? Who have we worked with in the past? to would be like, awesome on this project. The other thing is that, you know, there are already a ton of amazing boutique consultancies or um, freelancers that are in the world. Like this, we did not come up with a new thing to say like, Oh, we're going to be, you know, freelancers for marketing operations. Like that absolutely already exists. So we mm-hmm. also, um, tapped into that network as well for people that we know have, you know, like a reporting specialty. We'll say like, do you have bandwidth? Obviously, um, it behooves them to like get their own clients because they can charge as much as we want. And we have like a yeah. tiny bit of overhead, you know, when we're getting clients, um, but we also are able to create, um, a community for them or support them, um, in other ways. But mm-hmm. that's really like, if we, so we've formed, I think there's like, I don't know, my best guess, I should have, I should look, but it's like, we maybe have like 25 different freelancers that are within okay. our group, um, yeah. that we then just basically try to staff on projects or on clients as, um, as the needs come up.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. And speaking of needs, let's let's dive into what the advantages are of freelancing, of fractional work, because if I'm the CEO of some big company and I'm thinking about, all right, I I need this work done. why wouldn't I just go with a full-time employee? Like that's the traditional way of doing these things or or overworking my current employees, right? Like that's yes. also the natural <laughs> uh, question. But, but why would I consider a, a freelance or fractional type of employee to, to get this work done? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's an interesting question. Of course, I think if you have an unlimited budget uh by all means go for it in trying to find the best hire. Mm-hmm. I honestly think specifically in um in our marketplace um good good talent is incredibly hard to find and I know that you <laughs> you recruit the specific talent so maybe <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir or maybe you're like no 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 it's easy you know I think like we both probably have a business because of that mm-hmm. um but but when you're pulling someone on full time, you are taking a big risk for sure. Mm-hmm. You're you're risking that, um, you know, that they're capable of doing all of the things that you need to be done. You're risking that they're going to stay with your company mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, and, and you do have that overhead with um, benefits and training and everything else like that. I love to see a team that is built out of like, 20 marketing operations professionals that are incredibly happy employees. Like we are absolutely, uh, you know, in an abundance mindset that that there is enough work for everybody forever and ever more. Um, but if you just have like a short-term project or you have a need for a parental leave coverage Mm -hmm. or potentially, you know, you're unsure of where the business is going to be a year from now, Um, then I think that it makes a lot of sense to contract with a freelancer. That's a little bit more flexible Mm -hmm. than the traditional, uh, 40 hour a week employee. I also think that you can actually squeeze a lot more out of a freelancer than you may be able to out of, out of an employee. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in like 20 hours of work, if you have someone like me, for example, that, you know, for better or for worse, all I've done for (laughs) 11 years now has been Marketo. Like I know it in and out. I mean, I have like been on the phone with someone and walked them through a scenario, like from memory of where to click in this, in the system. And I'm like, this is incredibly embarrassing Um, (laughs) that this is where I am in my life. Um, So if you need something that's like that specific, it, it may not make sense to hire a full-time, you know, employee. A lot of times also you just need strategy or on the flip Mm. side, you need, you need implementation. Like you have someone who knows strategy incredibly well, but, um, you know, doesn't have the time, patience or will to build emails and send them.
0: Sure. It sounds like it really comes down to the, the flexibility aspect. Like you were saying, like, maybe you don't know where your business is headed. You you don't know what the the financial picture might be uncertain or your needs might be changing and evolving or you just need someone who can come in and have the immediate impact without that long ramp up period. And I, I feel like the economic conditions right now are ripe for freelance work. Uh, And I'll, and I'll get into, uh, I'll I'll get into that in in just a moment, but I kind of, I kind of want to talk about what's going on in the economy right now, because we've seen these these massive tech layoffs we've seen where people who maybe thought themselves indispensable to their company are, are now finding themselves without, without work. And I do think that that's indicative of these changing evolving needs, maybe a little bit of corporate bad behavior as well, but, uh, but I think that it, it just seems like the conditions are perfect for more of a shift towards contracting more of a shift towards investing in freelance investing in fractional talent would you say that that feels true
1: I think it's true for both the um employers and the employees mm. as well just to group okay them in those ways yeah um I you know I feel like I'm kind of uh, le- like sharing a dirty little secret right now, but typically <laughs> employee headcount is a very different budget mm-hmm. than um, contractor headcount or technology head or technology spend. Yeah. Um, and so if your team's headcount has been cut, that doesn't necessarily mean like your entire Budget has been cut. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's interesting in that way to say like, okay, we let go of the person who is running our CRM system, but we still have this, (laughs) (laughs) the system that we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on per year that is going untouched or that we're going to have like a junior person, um, in there like managing our customer personally identifying information uh mm-hmm. it's kind of a scary place to be so they need to you know make sure that somebody is governing um those systems and i think that a lot of companies aren't really looking that far ahead um and so there's point. often a panic yeah <laughs> and then i think for um, you know, for the people that are getting laid off, I, I realize that this is an incredible place of privilege to say something like this, but I do think it is a time to reflect on, you know, what am I doing with my life? Where do I want to be? Mm. Um, we're not safe. Any like I, I always think people feel like safe as an employee and that's obviously not true right now. Right. Um, so, you know, to be able to lean on your own skills, lean on your own network, Um, I think as more companies open up contract positions, you know, it's potential that more people can lean into them as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you been seeing an increase in interest from, from companies? It just, maybe not specifically from your clients, but just from companies in general in filling these gaps with contract talent.
1: Yeah. I think that a lot of our clients still use our services in a very traditional way, Hmm. like in a traditional way of agencies. Um, We do have a few where we're we're kind of backfilling or covering for like a a parental leave. Mm -hmm. We have one client where we have six, I think six different um, freelancers staffed on them more as a fractional team. Yeah. So that is a place too where you know they might have our clients might have the budget for one person, mm-hmm. but we're able to build like in all of the needs that they have. Um, because we have such like a diverse population of freelancers. If someone wants like a a long-term contractor f- to fulfill a specific role. We can certainly, you know, provide something like that. Um, But I think why people are most interested in working with Emmy as opposed to other agencies, given that the way that they use us is very similar, is the caliber of people that we are able to work with. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Actually, I think I do know what it is. But I think there becomes a time in, like the life cycle of a marketing operations professional specifically, we're just like a little bit burned out and you decide that you want to go on your own because you've built the network and you can. And so the people that we work with, like, sometimes I'm like pinching myself, like, like, (laughs) like you want to work with me, like a total Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. Um, and so there are definitely times where people come to us and they say like, I want to work specifically with that person, but I need more Mm. than just one person. I need a team of people. Um, and the expertise that is on the team is definitely different than a traditional agency where I'm not saying this is, you know, this is wrong. And in fact, I think it's a great place to start your career by, you know, starting off in more of a junior position at an agency where you get a lot of experience at other clients, um, mm-hmm. and you get trained in your positions, but that's not what, that's not what we're doing at ME. Um, we're, we're, we're literally collecting like the best of the best people that we can think of, um, to serve our clients.
0: Right. And what a great point too. the, the, the fact of, um, it's, it's a luxury for a company to hire a Marketo expert as opposed to the generalist, the, the Mops generalist yeah. who does a little bit of this and a little bit of that and maybe doesn't have that deep, deep, deep expertise in all of those tools. Whereas, you know, coming to a freelancer or, or an organization like yours they can find that expertise in all those different tools and they can find that, not that you you can't do it all, but you mm-hmm. have those experts who have that depth of knowledge that's probably inaccessible to most organizations.
1: Totally, yeah. yeah. And I think like a traditional agency as well, oftentimes needs or wants like these humongous projects to make mm-hmm. it worth their while. Um, but when we're dealing with, freelancers or boutique consultancies, which I'm by that I mean like one or two or three people. Um they are much more willing to take on smaller projects. Like, hey, do you want something for five hours a week? Yeah, sounds good. I've got an opening or yeah, I've been off all summer, but I'm ready to get back back in, you Mm -hmm. know, on things. And so we are able to service like smaller projects with incredibly talented people as well, because if our consultants want it, then it's worth it to us to, um, to give it to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's so interesting. Um, again, going back to the economic time that we're in, in, in the flexibility that freelancing, that contract work gives an organization budget wise, I mean, headcount wise, I, I, I am a believer in, in freelance work and, and uh utilizing agencies and and not just because I'm obviously an outside consultant <laughs> and, and a lot of who I work with are outside consultants and agencies, but but I just think that it it just seems like there's this shift towards that increased flexibility, both from the employee perspective, which you' which you're kind of touching on mm-hmm. here of like, Hey, look, I, I've done like the the 40 to 60 hour work week where I'm killing myself. I don't mm-hmm. have the work life balance and I I'm burnt out. I, I don't want to do it anymore. I want the flexibility to choose my schedule. Freelancing seems like a, a great way to to choose that. Um, but also from from the corporation side, where you know, thinking about that flexibility necessary as we ride another wave of layoffs. Right, right, right totally. And I think, you know,
1: COVID era quarantines were kind of, you know, the stay at home was the beginning of that. Like we were yeah. forced to stay at home. We were all forced to reflect on, um, what we were doing for work, what we were forced to do. And then we all watched other companies, you know, make exceptions and you're like, okay, well they can work from home. Why can't I work from home? Mm-hmm. And so you really start to, you know, get, I, and I know that there's a lot of layoffs happening, but we, I still think that. Um, you know, the staffing has the power mm-hmm. of picking and choosing who, what exactly you want to do. There are plenty of people who love working in house, they want to be a part of a bigger team, they want to go into management. Um, and I think there will always be a fit for those people. But if someone is like, dang, like, I just really want to work 20 hours a week, um, and like hang with my kids the rest of the time or like take yoga teacher training. You know, like you you can do that too. Uh-huh. Um so there are options. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: do you feel like looking at get out your crystal ball uh and if yeah. you're <laughs> If you're looking like 5 to 10 years in the future as we see technology rapidly evolving as we're seeing like like Gen Z entering the world. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, like there's a lot of these uh, incredible catalysts coming down the pipe that are going to change how we work immensely. So using your crystal ball and your, uh, fortune telling abilities, what do you think (laughs) the next five to 10 years is going to look like in terms of freelancing and fractional work? Do you feel like there's just going to be a swing more so in that direction?
1: Uh, I do. I do. I mean, obviously I'm hopeful because that's where (laughs) our business um, lies, but I think that, um, (laughs) you know, Gen Z is pushing everyone to kind of rethink their boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, They are saying, yes, I want this. And no, I don't want that. And I love them for it. Um, Because I do think that we should all be so confident and individualized to pick our paths. Um, Technology, holy cow. Like even in the past year with AI, I don't know what the next five months looks like, let alone (laughs) five years. What I do know is, you know, even when Marketo, which has always been my bread and butter, but I've branched out since then, um, even when Marketo was acquired by Adobe and it was a while now, I kind of had a mini panic. and was like, all right, I I need to, uh, get more into Salesforce again. Cause I know Salesforce is like a huge company. It's you know, going to be standard for a long time. Um, but I'm feeling that now too. It's like, you know, companies like Salesforce and Marketo have been along for about, I think, you know, 15 years or so, like that's a dinosaur now. Um, So I'm not saying that those companies aren't, you know, pivoting and changing because they are, but Mm -hmm. there's so much new coming out too, that is just really amazing and really being built and uh, modified quickly. So our eyes and ears are always open to opportunity. I do think that, um, you know, it's going to be interesting with Gen Z coming in, like, Mm. I don't think they're going to be able to like jump right into fractional, but um, I do kind of say like, oh, I feel like fractional work and freelance work for some of the people who've been in their careers for a while is a little bit like a retirement home, Mm. (laughs) like let us (laughs) Work in peace. Like we can't take the politics anymore. (laughs) We just need to like
0: get our money and go to bed early. Yeah, (laughs) eat your Jello and your pudding, and (laughs) I'll do some work, and then like I'll get you know. So that's not you know
1: that's not entirely true. Um, but I it's it is very rare that I've seen people go out of freelancing. Like a small percentage of people go back to in-house, small, mm. small. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how I could go back to like having another um, manager. Not that I haven't loved my managers in the past, but you know, right. you create a, you create a routine for yourself and it would be really hard to have someone else controlling that again. Yeah. 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 Oh.
0: So anyway, I don't really
1: answer your question five to 10 years, but I do think that we'll continue to like be really picky about the work that we want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we are all going to have to specialize, especially with AI. There are going to be things that AI cannot do, you know, but, um, so everyone needs to be very intentional about, uh, the work
0: that's going on. For sure. Yeah. I I think you're, you're so right. Um, especially with the, like the, I call, I am a millennial, so I, I think the, the COVID-induced millennial existential crisis, uh, um, as well as Gen Z entering the workforce and the and the questions of, well, what what does work-life balance really mean to me? Mm-hmm. I, I just think, yeah, both from the employee perspective as well as, uh, the the corporate side, we'll we'll see an increase. But <laughs> what what do you think, um? What do you think that means for employees specifically? Thinking about freelancing and uh maybe the need for full time employees diminishing in the next five to ten mm-hmm. years. Um and, and maybe maybe the better or or more difficult question would be um how can employees and organizations set themselves up? for success in an, in an economy that heavily favors this contract type of work. Mm-hmm. So
1: as a freelancer, I mean, we still always need a point of contact mm-hmm. at a company, you know, uh, whether that's like a strategist, um, a specialist, a generalist, or even a project manager, mm-hmm. those are absolutely the engagements that go the best. Um, I guess if it's something where it's like, Hey, we have a one-year contract just to get us through this migration or something like that, you know, some, that person can kind of run point. Um, but I do think there's going to be a need for at least that like full-time commitment to the company right. in order to connect the vision, um, the corporate vision to the output of marketing or or whatever department it is that, mm-hmm. that you're staffing for. Um, so I would say embrace it. Oh my gosh, embrace it! Like every time I'm talking with a client, um, if you have, you know, if you have the accessibility to an agency or to a contractor or a freelancer, um, delegate as much as you can. Anything that's not going to serve your career path, get rid of it. If you don't like mm. it, get rid of it. Um, I remember telling one of my clients, like, "Hey, list imports. This was debatable." I said, "Like, list imports aren't going to get you promoted." Someone said, "Yeah." but it'll really, um, if you do it badly, you will get in trouble. <laughs> but my point was like keeping your heads down on a computer all day, every day, yeah. no one's going to notice you. You know, we all know that you need to like, um, fun for yourself and, um, promote yourself internally. So right. if you have access to a freelancer, what I'm telling you is they are not getting promoted. They do not have an annual review. You do. And I'll tell you, like, I, I, we, our feelings are not hurt. Like, please take it. You know, you were in charge of this project. You mm-hmm. led the strategy, help me write you up like this amazing summary of all the work that you have done. I don't care. Like at the end of the day, I don't work for this company. Yeah. Um, so that's my best advice to the people that are in-house. I absolutely think that in-house um, is going to be needed. I don't necessarily think there's a a threat. I still think there will mm-hmm. always be companies that prefer Um, an in-house team, maybe building their own in-house operations team. Um, But I would just say, use the help as you have it and um, use it to your benefit.
0: Yeah, that is some great advice, (laughs) even for like for for those uh, maybe not even managers, but those those folks that are uh, maybe even a little bit newer on a team who might hesitate to like, ooh. Well, I don't want to get in the middle of the of the freelancer contractor consultant and the work that they're trying to do for our team but you're saying like no take advantage like get in yeah, there yeah totally learn from them, delegate yeah totally yeah. and I think like if if you want to
1: learn from that was a great point that you just made mm-hmm. um especially these people that have been there for so long but like That is our passion too, is to see our clients succeed. It's not just to like make our money and run. That's not fulfilling at all. Um, So we want to see our clients succeed. Some of our best relationships are with the people who are on, um, you know, that work for the companies. Mm -hmm. So I would be totally remiss to be like, yeah, you're all going to lose your jobs and I'm going to take them over. (laughs) That's not what's happening at all. I think a partnership is the best way to go, especially... Um, when you have, you know, teams of people who are so valuable to the company, um, and you just need a little bit of extra support and specialties. So
0: for sure, for sure. Well, you can put away your crystal ball just to wrap things up here. What do you have going on? Uh, And it it could be truly anything, but what do you have coming, coming up that you're really excited about? Gotcha. Yeah.
1: There is a couple of things that we um, are doing, so we'll be like our one and only marketing spend and event this year will be an event called Mopsapalooza that's going on, um, in November in Anaheim. So I'm really excited to get back in person. I have not seen a lot of my people in a long, long time. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, a lot of our, I mentioned a lot of our, um, consultants have side gigs as well. Mm-hmm. So I love promoting those and learning more about them. In fact, I am t- to die, like in my um, short term rental. So, we have an Airbnb uh, nice. near the lake in um, Northern Ohio. So, uh, I'm excited to spend a little bit more time here over the next couple of weeks because it's summertime. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've got a couple new consultants coming on board that, again, I'm like, wait, what? That's amazing that they want to work with us. So, I am really excited for all things Emmy right now. Um, and I think, you know, I'm just excited to be a part of this community as well, because, um, there is a lot of work to be done. And like I said, we have a, we have an abundance mindset that, um, there's enough, there is enough for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, so no shortage of, of needs for, uh, either
0: employees or freelancers. Yeah. Well, Lauren, Thank you again so, so much for coming on, uh, for talking about the future of freelance, the future of fractional, the future of flexibility. I'm trying to cram in as much <laughs> information as I can. Uh, really, the future really of fun. <laughs> the future fun, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so appreciate your perspective. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to uh, seeing more hot takes on LinkedIn.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. I'll try my best. I go borderline there. If you want to hear the real dark side of things, you'll have to listen to our podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Lauren. You can find Lauren's hot takes on LinkedIn, of course, and her podcast, Pretty Funny Business. You can also find her and Emmy Collective at emmico.com. That's E-M-M i e c o com Of course you can find our podcast Reworking Talent on all major streaming platforms. You can find us at www.foundconsulting.info.